When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, I'm Ben Bolin. Uh, write some videos here at the same website. Hey, Ben, I got something we got to uh, maybe kind of knock out of the way before we get started here. Oh, yes, you're right. You're yep, right. Yep. We've got a name change coming. And uh, the name change is going to be happening within the next couple of weeks or so. We're not exactly sure the, the exact date it's going to happen. But uh, we do have a new name, and the name is Car Stuff. So, um, you know, watch for that change coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I don't think we really need a segue because we're continuing our engine series today. Yes, yes, yes. And this is a, this is a good one. I think a lot of people are familiar with um, the engines we're talking about today. They're two-stroke engines. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess maybe this is another one where whether you know it or not, you probably have heard two-stroke engines or seen two-stroke engines right. or you own maybe even a couple of these. Um, you do know if you own one because you have to you have to do certain things in order to keep these things running. They're not like a four-stroke yeah. engine that that we're used to in our cars. Uh, it's a little bit different, but we'll we'll talk about that as we go along here. But um, I don't know where do you want to start with this thing. Well, let's start with the strokes because people will recall that when we talk about the strokes, we're talking about uh, intake, compression, combustion, exhaust. Perfect. And when we're talking about two strokes. We're, we're winnowing down these strokes a bit. Exactly. Really, there's really two strokes, just as, just as you mentioned, and the only strokes that there are is a compression stroke and a combustion stroke. So it's this rapid fire. It's extremely um, fast-running engine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just compression, combustion, compression, combustion, back and forth, super fast. And um, that's one of the major differences. Now, what's weird about this is that intake and exhaust also happen – but they happen simultaneously with other actions within the compression and combustion hmm. okay. cycles. So um, all the actions are happening; they just don't have their own stroke, uh, d- you know, specifically for that. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Yes. Okay. So when when we say that there are the two strokes in a two-stroke engine are compression and combustion, the other missing two strokes from the four-stroke engine 
are also happening. They're just not happening in a sequence. They're happening at the same time. Well, they're happening. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, they're happening. Yeah, exactly. You're right. But uh, there's just not a stroke that's designated mm-hmm. for that uh, that part of the process. And let's let's go ahead maybe and talk about where we would find some of these engines. If that's cool. Like yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, leaf, really, leaf blowers. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You, so you know the type of engine we're talking about. Do you do you own one? Yeah, I own. Are you kidding? Well, what do you have? How many how many things do you have that have a two stroke engine in them? Um, working or interesting? Uh, interesting. Okay, interesting. We count working and just just the ones I can't throw away. <laughs> I, I you're gonna laugh at me, man. I have I have five. Five. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two of those are weed whackers that have seen better days mm-hmm. um, that I sort of inherited from my dad uh, because they didn't work. And, you know, I love to get in and, and tinker with especially small engines. Mm-hmm. So these are kind of running projects of mine. But, uh, yeah, a, a lot of the smaller yard appliances or, excuse me, yard tools that, that are have any sort of power source will oftentimes be two-cycle two-stroke engines yeah that's right two-stroke engines and and i've only got one that's operational right now i had okay. two i had a uh, snowblower that had this as well oh yeah, yeah. um but I, I guess the easiest way to spot them is uh well you can hear them running like uh, they sound like a chainsaw because chainsaw is one of the uh one of the um devices i guess that uses a two-stroke engine mm-hmm. and there's there's reasons for that too we'll, we'll mention that in a moment but um a lot of outboard boat motors um are two-stroke good call scott and yeah, um well, there's a list here from our, our website that mentions dirt bikes, mopeds, jet skis, things like that. But, um, you know, weed, weed whackers, weed whips, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, those have one. That's the kind that I have. Um, there's, you know, uh, trimmers, of course, and leaf blowers and, mm-hmm. you know, all types of lawn equipment uses that, um, uses a two-stroke. Um, I found myself getting sick using my, uh, my snowblower because of the uh, the exhaust that was coming back on I me. Mean, it was just burning so much oil. Um, and that's one of the uh, one of the the bad parts about this. We'll get to advantages and disadvantages. We're, yeah, we're um, I guess maybe we should just dive right into the operation of this thing and and mm-hmm. see how it works. So yeah, let's do that. Let's right. do that first, and then go into pros and cons. All right. Well, let's let's. I guess we can talk about the combustion stroke first. So yeah. we'll talk about the two strokes. Um, so the, okay, let's just say that the we'll start right where the spark plug fires. Okay. All right. That's okay. where we are. So the spark plug has just fired. Um, the fuel, fuel air oil mix, which is another unique thing, um, is, is that, um, you mix oil with, with fuel. So when you're, when you get air and fuel mix in a normal engine, a normal, in a, uh, four cycle, four stroke engine, um, you just got fuel and air. When you've got a two stroke engine, you've got fuel, air, and oil mixed together. And the reason is because there's no oil well, no, um, oil sump. Mm-hmm. So there's no, um, uh, no continuous source of lubrication other than the fuel that you pour into that tank. That's why it's important that you mix two cycle oil with your with your gasoline all the time in a two stroke two stroke engine. Um, so this this mix um, in the combustion stroke has just been compressed, and the the spark plug fires, and of course you know it, it drives the piston back down the way you know it normally would in a four stroke engine. Sure. And on its way down, it passes a uh, an opening in the in the cylinder wall, and the opening is the exhaust port. Uh, there's no valve for an exhaust like there would be in a um, in a four-stroke engine. There is a uh, it's it's really just a machined hole in the in the cylinder wall, and the piston acts as a valve in this case. Uh, the piston acts it does a couple of different processes. We'll we'll talk about it. The piston's mm. usually a little taller than it would be in a 
Uh, you know, they're small. They're small engines usually. But sure. um, the piston is taller because it, it has to block and then open the the exhaust valve and then later the intake valve as well. And those, again, they're just milled uh, ports in the side of the cylinder. So um, the combustion has just happened. The piston drives itself back down, you know, or it's been driven down by the combustion down to the, uh, you know, so, so it makes its next rotation, passes the exhaust port. The exhaust flows out um, of, of the chamber. At the same time, there's a reed valve on the other side uh, where the intake is. And the intake, and that reed valve opens up uh, based on the, the pressure within the cylinder and the crankcase, which is really filled with um, an air, oil, fuel mix. Right. And so the reed valve opens up. And the piston passes that, uh, well, actually, it passes that area. The reed valve opens up right when it passes. You know, it's not connected, as a matter mm-hmm. it's, it's off to the side. It, uh, it's a vacuum situation. That's why it opens. And it allows more of the air-fuel-oil mixture to get into the, the cylinder. And then it drives itself, you know, of course, the momentum carries it back up, and the whole cycle starts again. So I know it sounds complex. We've got a... a um, it's actually really, really simple. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a, a, a really good um, drawing on our, or rather an animation on our website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in the article, I think it's just how, how two-stroke engines work. That's it's the really one. Simple and as that. It's pretty neat. You can see it. I think, is that the one we have a sound effect on? It took me a second. There's, there's one know. of our engine animations has a sound effect for the combustion moment. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I, I guess Check I could have mine turned down or something. But, um, yeah, that if you watch – and this is what I do too. I, I, I love to watch these animations and you watch what happens at different points. And you have to watch it, I'll be honest, for quite a long time to get – you know, because you're, you're slowing it down. You're saying, okay, this is happening at the mm-hmm. exact time that's happening. And if you really are carefully paying attention to this because it's a well-done animation, you can really see you know, exactly what I'm talking about and, and how, it, how it does what it does. And um, – I don't know. I think that's probably a, a simple enough description of how these things operate. But oh yeah, broke it down for us. Now the next question people would have would be, what? Why are these two-stroke engines often used in smaller in or excuse me in smaller yard equipment? You know, in jet skis, in well, the things that we've named. Well, for one, they're they're lightweight. Okay. Um, they are also um, relatively easy to work on. I mean, you you know that you said you work on the ones that you have, right? I'm gonna fix you. Know, one of those weed whackers is probably beyond my abilities. It's <laughs> okay. just it, it's had its days. I don't I'm know, fix I think I think you're pretty talented. I bet you could do it. Oh, thanks, man. The um the other thing is that um they're very powerful for the size. Um, they because they only have two strokes. You're getting a uh, you're getting combustion on every single time the piston. Mm-hmm. Uh, approaches the top of the cylinder versus on a four-stroke engine where it's every other time. So you've got a much smaller engine that's cap- that's really it's it's capable of twice the output, twice the power. Um, but you also want to be able to hold this thing in your hand. You want to be able to to lift the chainsaw up to be able to soft the branch. You want to sure. be able to hold the weed whip longer than um, you know ten minutes so you can finish your yard. Um, there's there's a lot of reasons that it's small. Um, the other one is that um, you can turn this engine in any orientation you want and as long as you've got a good fuel um i guess, I guess the the fuel, fuel source, suction yeah. is is working correctly the vacuum is working correctly um you can turn it in any orientation you want and it'll still operate uh that's not the case with a with a four stroke engine uh because you know you've got the the oil that's supposed to be down in the uh in in the crankcase right lubricating and that only works in a certain direction you know if, if the engine's in uh in an upright position 
So, or, you know, moderately tilted. But um, these you can flip right upside down and they'll still operate the exact same way. But what are the disadvantages then? Because the next question would have to be, well, if these things are so great, if they have such a power to weight ratio, you know, then why don't we have them in more cars? Why don't we have them in larger applications? Well, you know, honestly, Lotus was working on a, um, or Lotus is working on a two-stroke engine right now. Uh, so there, there's there's stuff in development. That, now, this is going to be a little controversial because there's a, there's a problem that we'll get to in a moment with two-stroke engines that, that has to do with pollution. And um, I don't know if – I'm sure Lotus is working on this, but they have, um, they have started work on a two-stroke engine, and I think that uh, it's going to be tough for them to get this one to pass. I don't think I don't think it's going to go, but you never know. I would I'd never say never on this, right? Okay. But um, you know, take a look around. You can find that uh, Lotus is developing a two-stroke engine. Um, the disadvantages, and here's the reasons why a lot of two-stroke engines you don't see a lot of two-stroke engines in cars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of those micro mini cars that we had talked about, the bubble cars had two strokes. Yes. From a long time ago. Yeah, but, um, was, oh, that was, they, um, I was going to mention that. A lot of t- oh, were you? Oh. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times you'll, yeah. you'll see these engines uh, surrounded by a cloud of blue smoke, and mm-hmm. it's burning oil. And there's a reason for that, and that's because, um, you know, the, the mix that you put in with the, with the gasoline and you're burning that, well, not only are you burning oil in the combustion chamber, which you, you wouldn't be doing um, in a four-stroke engine, there's a point in that cycle, and if you watch the animation that I mentioned earlier, there's a point in the cycle where the piston has uncovered the exhaust valve, and it's also uncovered the intake valve, and the reed valve is wide open. And so you get a little bit, just a small bit. Now you're talking about the, the time between when it passes that and when it come, the piston comes mm-hmm. back up to block off one of those. So momentary. It's extremely momentary, but there's a point where there's kind of a, f- a free flow of oil, air and and gasoline um you know pouring through the engine uh, straight, straight through straight it straight out the exhaust yeah, yeah exactly yeah and you can you can catch it in the animation you can see where that point is and and it's again it's really really quick but um again if you watch it you'll see it happen so um a lot of times you'll see you know like i said there's a lot of uh so that's pollution then that's pollution that's yeah, what they, we're talking about yeah really and it, it's going to be difficult especially you know with this um uh, the clean air standards that we have to mm-hmm, meet mm-hmm. and the uh, r- the uh, restrictions that we have, um, I just don't think there's any way it's going to happen because when you're when you're mixing this, uh, I don't know this concoction that you have to put into the uh, right, in, into right. the when fuel tank, the gas and the oil, uh, the ratio is about four ounces per gallon of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Now that's a tip, you know, what you use in your uh, your home machinery. The problem with that is that when you when you burn that much oil along with gasoline. If you're talking about in a car, you know, and, and this distance isn't that great, but for every thousand miles you travel, which I don't know, I, mean, I don't know about you, but that's like a week and a half for me. Yeah, that's not too much. Every thousand miles you travel, you would be burning a full gallon of oil in uh, in your in your fuel tank. I see, because the problem here is one of scale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're talking about a, a much bigger engine that is also. Um, um, you know, it's carrying a lot more weight. It's doing a lot more work, and you're mm-hmm. probably using it a lot more often than you do that weed whip, mm-hmm. um, like likely. So, um, yeah, you're talking about an awful lot of oil that that would be burnt in this process. And um, I guess that's about it. I mean, it's yeah. it's really it comes the disadvantages come down to um, the pollution aspect of this thing, and and they don't typically last as long because of the lack of dedicated um, dedicated oiling or or lubrication. Right. So. Right. Um, 
they don't they don't typically last as long they wear out a little faster mm. and also you know we have to think if we took these engines if we did go higher up on the scale and said forget the pollution we have that solved we would still run into the problem of increasing the consumption of oil which would be you know profound oh sure it would be uh, it would be astronomical mm. when, you, when yeah. you multiply that by the number of cars even in one city mm. um it, it's it's really something it's a hurdle that they would have to get past and i don't know if it's even possible because you are just talking about outright burning oil and gasoline together in order to make mm. this thing work and it's just the way it operates well i guess we've got that taken care of do you want to do some listener mail i would love to do listener mail okay scott you ready ready all right so keith from marysville washington writes in and he says scott and ben i listen to and thoroughly enjoy the podcast on a regular basis appreciate the research go into your sub you know we're okay with them basically but recently you did a podcast on the decator trucks of japan and took me completely by surprise when you failed to mention what the term decator actually means uh, decator is actually Japanese phonetic shorthand for decoration truck in Japanese. Um, in phoneticized English, actually, because it's a foreign term rather than Japanese. And so the full one is, uh, and I'm going to apologize here, Keith, and sorry, Scott, and the internet, but I'm going to try and pronounce this. Decoration, D E K O R E S H Y O N, Toroku. So Deco and Torah are the first syllables of each word. So technically, he's saying we don't even need the word trucks to follow Decatora because they're decoration trucks, not decoration truck trucks. And uh, mm-hmm. Keith points out he's not normally such a nitpicker, but he's lived for J- in Japan for many years, and he's seen more than his lifetime's fair share of these. He calls them carnival midways on wheels, Scott. Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'd love to see these in person. Yeah. But I, good good point. So we were saying we were actually saying every time we said decator truck, we were saying decator or we were saying decoration truck truck. Yeah, which you know, I think is you know, an easy an easy mistake. That was that was my bad though. It I'll is. take the fall for that you one. You know, I used to do some technical writing. Oh yeah. And I'd have to um, this this is like with the modules. Mm-hmm. You hear this a lot where it's like ECM which means engine control module and yeah. someone would say engine control e, or they would say ECM, ECM module. module. Yeah. And that drove me crazy because it would be, you know, engine control module module. Yeah. So I can understand where he's coming from that you know there's just that little peeve that you know you're you're saying it twice. It's it, you're sta- you're doing it wrong. <laughs> but wrong. you know I, we love hearing uh, mail like this because oh, yeah. we we also want to make sure that all our, our listeners are informed too. We hate to misinform people. Yeah, yeah. Keep Ben on his toes because uh, he misinforms me all the time. I do. I don't know why. I'm so <laughs> sketchy. Um, as always, thanks for tuning in. This is going to wrap it up for us today. If you would like to see that animation we were talking about earlier, go ahead and search for Two Stroke Engines in the uh, search bar on our website. And, you know, send us an email if you have any ideas for an upcoming show, any questions, restaurant recommendations, I don't know, limericks. Scott, what do you think? Photos of your car? Photos. A lot of people are sending those, and some of them are great. Oh, yeah, we should look at those in, in more depth. And until next time, we will see you later. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage.
As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene, we'll boot it! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh. Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.